Another episode of The Crowded Booth. My name is Bryce Kuhn, the host, and uh, we're going to start this show off. We're going to talk about a lot of different fun things. We hope you're having a great Friday morning. Uh, but we want to start this off with uh, talking about this week and what has happened this week in sports. And obviously this week we've suffered a serious tragedy uh, in the sports world with the death of Kobe Bryant, his, young, his youngest daughter, Gigi, and among the others that were involved in that helicopter crash. Kobe Bryant left a legacy. There's no doubt about it. Kobe Bryant left a legacy where we were able to see what he did on and off the court. On the court, everyone knew who he was, the purple and gold, for so many years. Number 24, number 8, the switch from 8 to 24, iconic. For kids my age and my, and my uh, generation, he was a hero of some of sorts. He was a guy who everyone looked up to. When you were in school and you threw the, the uh, piece of trash the trash can, Kobe was what you heard. So Kobe Bryant was a man who not only on the court exemplified what he wanted to be, he led a lot of people to want to be playing basketball. Off the court, he was involved in his kids' lives, and that was evident up until uh, this past Sunday where he was trying to attend uh, Gigi's uh, travel basketball game. He did so much for the game of basketball. He did so much for his family. He really was the role model for a lot of people growing up. If you talk to any of the NBA players now, who was their favorite player? It's Kobe Bryant. This generation, the guy they look up to is Kobe Bryant. I was talking with someone the other day, and they said, there's only one, there's only a select few of athletes in this world where you can look and see, and you can say their first name, and you know immediately who he is. Or just say one name. LeBron is one of those. Jeter, you know who that is. Jordan and Kobe. Kobe left a lasting impact on many people. He left a lasting impact on his family, on Laker Nation, from L.A. to Philadelphia to Boston to New York to Beijing to England to London. All of that. Kobe Bryant left an impact. And it's very unfortunate that it was cut so short that we never got to hear the Hall of Fame speech, that we never got to see what he was going to do, continue to do post-career. He had one of the biggest transformations into a post-career post-career lifestyle. You know, a lot of guys, they get their money and then they, they spend it in life. He was an investor, a producer. He really cared about his money. He cared about people intentionally. Any chance he got, he was going to talk to young people and try to inspire them. So, from 1978 to 2020, Kobe Bryant spent his time on this earth for 41 years. And it's sad to say that he is no longer with us, but he is someone that everyone in my generation will continue really continue to look up to. We're going to hit a short commercial break here to start the show off, and we're going to bring you an action-packed episode talking about college hoops and taking a look at the Super Bowl. But we just want to take this time to remember Kobe Bryant.
We are back here, crowded episode 41. We really appreciate you joining in to us. Obviously, a tough week in the sports world. We just talked about there with the death of Kobe Bryant. But we're going to have an action-packed episode for you today. We're going to talk college hoops as college football now is officially in the books. The 2019 uh, champion has been crowned the 2020 champion as, uh, wow, LSU dominated in all facets of the game. But we're shifting in gears now as we get closer and closer. This is January 31st, 2020 here on this Friday morning. We want to welcome you in. If you're watching on Facebook, we appreciate that. If you're watching on uh, YouTube or Facebook on, on our archives, we want to appreciate that as well. And also make sure to check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're going to be making an appearance on Spotify here soon. We can't wait to bring you that. But this is going to be a great episode for you today. We want to welcome you in. And we're going to go ahead and get started with the primetime matchup of the week, just 45 minutes down the road from where I am here at Cook's Place in Columbus, Georgia. We have Auburn and Kentucky. Big-time basketball matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be bringing on Josh Mitchin of Ledger and Choir. He's covered some of the Auburn basketball games. He's seen this team in person. He's a college hoops junkie. We can't wait for him to talk about this. It's going to be unreal. You have Ashton Hagens, Nick Richards versus Samir Doughty, Anthony McLemore, Austin Wiley. A good, good matchup of the two top teams of the SEC. We're excited for you to listen in, and we're going to bring him on here in just in one second. I want to hear a message from one of our sponsors. All right, we're back here with Josh Mixon of the Ledger and Choir. He's covered um, Auburn sports all season long. He's covered football. He's looked at some basketball and obviously has the big task of covering all the high schools here in the uh, Chattahoochee Valley area. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's always, uh, always fun to come on podcast. Yeah, man, we're going to talk a little bit about Auburn and Kentucky. You're a, you're, a, you're a basketball guy. You like watching college basketball, man. First off, I mean – I don't know if we've had this big of a matchup in the SEC this season yet, but this is going to be really a telltale sign as we kind of sets the tone for conference play this way. What are you looking for? I mean, you have Kentucky, the Blue Blood, and you have Auburn, which has honestly, to me, one of the best atmospheres out of the non-Blue Bloods in college hoops. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I would argue, I mean, you, you just talked about how, you know, it, what was I saying? It, it, it's the biggest. in a while, I would argue, especially considering that Auburn, the atmosphere is second to none, I would argue, it's one of the best in the country. Just, but when that place gets rocking, it can really go. Uh, it's really a sightseeing experience for Auburn. Really, I, I really just get out and get out and get out and get out and
know, you talked about what Bruce Pearl wants. One of the things he's going to have to do is try to contain Nick Richards, the big man for Kentucky, who's really carrying this team right now, Josh. Uh, Auburn's got two big men of their own, Anthony McElmore and Austin Wiley. This is a team that uh, is, you know, last year they were a team that just shot the three ball at will and could score. This year they kind of almost have a 360 or 180 from that, I should say. Is they've kind of gone on the other side of the ball now, and they're really good defense. Josh is going to try to come back on with us. We appreciate him trying to uh, reach out and talk about some Auburn hoops and everything. Um, but we're going to go and dive into this Auburn-Kentucky matchup. It's college game days there this weekend. It's going to be a big-time matchup. Students are going to be lining up at 7, 6 a.m. to really get in and try to get priority seating. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we were talking about the matchup down low. Nick Richards, the big man for Kentucky, has been dominating as of late. When he's on the court, Kentucky plays well. When he's not... They really, really slack off, and it's going to be tough to see exactly what they can do, what they try to do with Nick Richards, get him more involved in the offense. But you got two big men in Auburn. I want to keep an eye on it. This is the matchup to me: Nick Richards against Anthony McLemore and Austin Wiley. Can Austin Wiley and Anthony McLemore, the two big guys for Auburn, can they try to shut down Nick Richards? Playing in that hostile atmosphere on the Plains Saturday, you know Bruce Pearl's going to have those guys fired up. What's going to happen? I think Auburn is going to pull this one out. You talk about the guard play. Ashton Hagens might be the best point guard in the country. Ashton Hagens has done a great job defensively. I know you got Cassius Winston up there. I know i got a friend, uh, Adekale Ande, who's been on the show a couple times. He's a big, big, big 10 guy Indian fan, so he sees a lot of Cassius Winston with Michigan State. But I think when you take what Ashton Hagens does, you translate that onto the court, the leadership he brings just as a sophomore. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. His offensive game's gotten a lot better. He's continued to shoot the three ball at a little bit higher clip. But he's going to have to go up against a similar guard, and a very good guard offensively, who's better, one of the best guards in the nation as well, in Samir Dowdy. Dowdy was one of those guys for the Tigers. He was He's averaging four, over 14 points a game and just under two steals. So he's a high-energy guy. He's a guy that can put the ball in the basket. And I'll tell you one thing. If Auburn, three ball starts falling for the Tigers, it's game over. That is, that's going to be my prediction right there. I don't know how this game is going to go. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I am going to tell you, if Auburn is able to hit the three ball, Kentucky better watch out because all it is is an avalanche that's ready to come and there's no way you can stop it. When the three ball starts raining in Auburn Arena, it's really, really tough. You can't really stop it. They, they move the ball well. Bruce Pearl has these guys in a system that they fit so well. Samir Dowdy averaging, like I said, over 14.3 minutes a game. He had 24 points early this season against a North Carolina State in a non-conference matchup. It was 24 points and 11 rebounds. Um, Javon McCormick, another guard. 
He's leading the team in assists with just under five a game. So listen, they get the ball out, and they're able to do things with the ball. Um, it's not a team that is just give the ball to one guy and see what happens. But they have the big men. I'm excited to see what Austin Wiley does. He's going to have to clean up the boards against Nick Richards. He leads the team, and he's uh, top five in the SEC with just under nine rebounds per game. Um, just under a triple do or just under a double-double, I should say, with 10 points per game, and he's got 8.9 rebounds per contest. So this is going to be a big, big matchup. Um, this is the best team Kentucky's played, one of the best teams Kentucky's played all season. Obviously, they played Texas Tech a couple weeks back, but you're going to see what they try to do. They played, Auburn's played um, a Florida team, and um, this is a big test for Auburn. Auburn came in riding high, 15-0, and they've slipped as of late. They've been a team that's kind of struggling as late as the competition has gotten a lot better. So we're going to see exactly what they try to do, what happens, but I'm telling you one thing, it's going to be an absolute crazy, crazy atmosphere. I'm going to have some fans and friends in the stands uh, in the student section. You know it's going to be crazy. Auburn Arena, I'll say it right here, and I tweeted this from a personal account, but we're going to say it on the crowded booth as well. Auburn Arena is one of the best atmospheres in college basketball, hands down. A Saturday on the Plains, and no, we're not talking about football. We're talking about in Auburn Arena. Bruce Pearl has embraced the fan base. He's embraced the Auburn way, the Auburn tradition, and I think the Tigers hold off at home where they're really good. They struggle on the road, but I think that the uh, six men for this Auburn Tigers team is what's going to lead them to victory. Uh, no doubt, Hagens and... Uh, uh, and Nick Richards are going to put up big games. I mean, that's just the way it is. When you have go-to players on this side of the ball, they're going to get theirs. But I think Auburn has enough depth, enough depth. I think the scoring is going to be there. They're going to feed off the energy. College game day is going to be there tomorrow morning, Reese Davis and the crew. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. And just 45 minutes away, I wish we could make the trip, but it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, it's, it's going to be unreal. I mean, the game's going to be unreal. I think that Auburn is one of the top teams in the country. They're number 17 right now. They've suffered two losses. And it's just because of the level of competition. If they win this game, you see them jump back up in the rankings. Uh, I think they are battling for maybe a potential, I could see them as a three seed in the tournament, three, four seed in the tournament right now where they are. And we'll see how the rest of the season goes. We've still got a lot of basketball left to play, but we'll see what happens on that. As, uh, we appreciate Josh Mixon trying to come on. We really... Uh, really hate that he wasn't able to come on and talk for a little bit longer. We're going to see if we can get him back real quick. And uh, I think that Josh does a great job covering uh, everything here. I mean, he does a really, really great job of trying to cover everything here. We'll see what he can do uh, trying to come back. And um, I think that you have the ability to uh, cover a lot of sports in this area, as he was talking to me about. Uh, you have you have a great ability to do that. And so we'll see what happens with Auburn the rest of the way. I know he's going to be there. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, a crazy atmosphere. The guard play of Auburn is going to be a telltale sign. I think the big matchup, though, is going to be down low. What can you do? What can you try to do? Uh, down low, Nick Richards, Anthony Mack versus Anthony McLemore, um, and Austin Wiley. I mean, something's got to give for both of these teams. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about another topic here before we get to the Super Bowl. We're going to Ben Moore is going to join us live to talk about the landscape of college basketball and what in the world is going on with freshman phenom Anthony Edwards. That'll all be right when you get back.
All right, and we are back here with Ben Moore of 24-7 Sports. Ben covers Georgia State, among other colleges here in the southeast, uh, looking at recruiting, uh, which is about to just explode here with signing day coming up very soon, next Wednesday the 5th. Uh, ben, how you doing, man? I'm great. Great, Bryce. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I know you're very, very busy, though, uh, with all the February 5th. Georgia State obviously picking up some steam, uh, trying to close out that class. Uh, First off, man, just talk about what's what. What is what is your job around like around uh, around this time of the year? Yeah, you know what? It, that, that early signing period has changed uh, quite a bit. You know, it used to be kind of a national holiday, the first Wednesday in, in February, uh, with everyone uh, sending their letter uh, and intent in, and uh, made, made it quite a busy day. But uh, you know, it, it has shifted quite a bit. Um, you know, most uh, most colleges are, are pushing their prospects to be in uh, in the early signing period. They're really just trying to Because people in this area, obviously, SEC uh, runs deep. Whether, especially where I am right now here in Columbus, we're right on the Alabama Georgia line right here. So you got big time Auburn fans with Auburn being 45 minutes away, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, everything. But I got to ask you, there's a certain Twitter personality. I don't know if you've seen him. <laughs> For he's a Georgia, I don't know what he is, but he's trying to leak Georgia news. Do you know who I'm referring to? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's, it's interesting it's, to. Rumor season is crazy. George, there's a Georgia Twitter personality. His name's Ray, and uh, man, he has really uh, captured uh, Bulldog Nation by storm with some of the things he's saying. But you talked about holding out late offers. I know George was able to pick up a running back yesterday with the whole Zachary Evans uh, situation. That is just really, in my opinion, just been a really wild situation for you, and, and just kind of being, you know, not directly involved and uh, anything that he has been trying to do. He's one of the top running backs, if not the top running back in the class. For Zachary, I mean, what, what in the world is going on? Yeah, it's just interesting. It, you know, in Texas, folks compare him to Adrian Peterson, which is uh, just legendary praise, uh, just an unbelievable uh, back there. But, you know, it's um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. There's some, some kids that like to get, get away from home. There's some folks that uh, you know, have a lot of people in the ear, and, and as we followed uh, recruiting for quite a long time, you know, you see who the decision makers are. Uh, in the household or folks that are around uh, these kids and, and advising them. That's, uh, that's a big part of it as well. 
Ben Moore with 24-7 Sports. Ben, we switch over to the hardwood. Um, obviously, you covering Georgia State, one of the more successful mid-major teams. Uh, they got a big win last night against South Alabama. Uh, real quickly, talk about, you know, um, how, how like what's the season outlook for the Panthers? I mean, no, you know, they bring in the new coach. Uh, Ron Hunter's gone. A lot of uh, turnover from this team. But, I mean, this is a team that really wasn't really picked and, you know, to really win the Sun Belt. But talk about what is this team uh, doing, gelling at the right time? Yeah, it's been pretty interesting to see. Certainly expectations were very low uh, coming into the season. One preseason magazine even picked, uh, picked the Panthers 10th in the 12-team Sun Belt, uh, which certainly seemed to fire up some of the, uh, the players on the team. And, and coaches always look, for, no matter what the sport, look for uh, items to uh, motivate guys and get them going. But um, after impressive uh, non-conference, and then some really close calls there at Georgetown and at Duke. Um, you know, this team has really, really molded pretty well. And Coach Lanier has even talked about it a couple times. Uh, a lot of this team is, is young, not only in age, but just the experience. When you, uh, when you go with transfers, uh, guys like Corey Allen, Justin Roberts, who haven't played um, in, in quite some time, and leaning on those players. And that's really what the media, I, mean, I don't necessarily fault them. They just didn't know uh, what these players could bring um, and how transfers gel within a program can be uh, be tough on the mid-major level, but uh, Coach Lanier and his staff have done a great job building that and uh, continuing to you know, kind of harness this winning culture and, and, uh, and get having the, the aspect of never losing at home. Oh, ben, I think we, we made a lot. Me and lost you right there. Uh, I don't know how the service is, where you are, where I am, but we might have lost you. Can you hear me? Uh, I mean, it looks like we might have just lost Ben there for a second. But he was, oh, there he is. Oh, I think we may have lost him again, but that was that's Ben Moore, 24/7 Sports. We're going to try to get him right back and. Uh, and you know, see what's see what's happening. Where, where you know, this is uh, team in Georgia State, like you said, was picked tenth out of twelfth to try and finish in that Sun Belt Conference. They got a big win over South Alabama last night, trying to repeat as Sun Belt Conference champions. And that's going to transition us right into um, Anthony Edwards. You talk about teams trying to be at the top. Georgia was one of those teams this year. Georgia's a team that really uh, was striving to attempt and rise to SEC Supremes. They thought they had that with the number one or number two overall player in the class, wherever you're looking. Um, that was one of the things that I think coming into the season, Jordan fans were exciting about. But they wanted to point out, and this is one thing that I said, you want to see Georgia succeed, it's all about that supporting cast. Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons are two guys that stuck out in my mind. Great players, but they did not have the players around them to really do anything. Ben Simmons didn't even make the tournament, and Markel Fultz is trying to find himself in the NBA. He's having a decent season with the Orlando Magic right now. But you look and see what has happened to Anthony Edwards. It's something where it's really, really tough, I think, for people to come in and try to take over a program just um, just, just out of the blue. I mean, this is an Anthony Edwards guy who was a top prospect, number one, number two, according to whichever 24-7 sports or rivals that you looked at, this guy was going to be a difference maker. And still, according to mock drafts, he's sitting there at number one. Is it going to be the Golden State Warriors taking him? A lot of people have him taking number one. James Wiseman going number two to the Atlanta Hawks. But I think when you take a look and see exactly what happened, uh, 
the guy's averaging 18 points a game. So any guy that you're looking at and say he's averaging 18 points a game, I'm not going to complain about that. But I think when you see exactly what he's trying to do on the court, sometimes he's trying to do way too much. His body, his frame, 6'5", to over 215, 220, 220 pounds, this guy should be really driving the basketball. Uh, the most recent example is a game against Missouri where for about a seven-minute stretch, he was one of the most dominant players on the court. And he was one of the guys that you could see, this is the Anthony Edwards we're going to see. Jordan doesn't score for seven minutes after uh, going out to a 20-point lead. Missouri comes back and wins, which is a really bad loss and almost sinks for sure unless something crazy happens. The Dogs tournament hopes this season. But Anthony Edwards, is he the real deal? A lot of people say that he really might not have that dog mentality. And, and you know, it's one of the things with uh, us honoring Kobe. Kobe had that Mamba mentality, the mentality that, you were, I'm going to make your life miserable if you want to continue to play. So I think you see that he was one of those things that he tried to do that as well. But we're going to go to commercial break really quick here and come back with our Super Bowl predictions. And we are back here, Super Bowl weekend. How have we forgotten about this? It doesn't even feel like it should be here. But, of course, on February 2nd, the two teams are going to line up. That's the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to line up in Miami down in South Florida to determine who is the champion of the 2019 season. Listen, first off, I'm just glad it's not the Patriots. This is going to be a great matchup. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, a Kyle Shanahan-led coach team, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, some weapons. Uh, they have Raheem Mostert, who is a really a budding star, a guy that came out of nowhere in the past two seasons. The running back for the 49ers, Mostert, has been cut by two by six teams before now finding a home, and now he finds himself playing on the biggest stage at the uh, at the highest level in the Super Bowl here in the NFL. Then you look at over the Chiefs, Andy Reid, a longtime head coach, uh, first with the Eagles, he made a Super Bowl appearance, didn't win one. I think if Football fan, you've been a football fan for the past 15, 20 years. You want to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl, a quarterback guru, and he's got a good quarterback at Hill's helm leading the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, you have Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, the Georgia Bulldog, former dog who is now uh, really becoming a real, a real weapon for the Chiefs. That's a lot of fun to see. And then you look at their running back situation. Listen, this, this is going to be a great game. But I think the, the story of the game is going to be the 49ers defense against the Chiefs offense. The 49ers coming in, so they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because all they've heard all week is about the speed and all about the talent. 
that the Chiefs have on offensive side. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Nicole Hardman. You got Damian Williams at running back position. LaShawn McCoy. I mean, there's some serious weapons. Sammy Watkins at the wide receiver position. But how will the 49ers attack the Chiefs? going to be interesting. You have the guys like in Bosa, these guys who can really make a difference and try to put some pressure on Mahomes. But are you talking about putting pressure on Mahomes? This is a guy in Mahomes who, he can evade pressure like the best of them. He can get out of the pocket. He can make plays with his feet. It's going to be two quarterbacks who are rising superstars. Mahomes, who's already won. Garoppolo, after getting injured last year, comes in to leads his team all the way to the Super Bowl. A Tom Brady protege, people might say. But I think it's just, first off, refreshing to see somebody else in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the 49ers, this Sunday. We're going to ask you all, all weekend, what is your prediction for the game? It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great game. This is what you got to do. 6.30 rolls around. You get with your best friends. You get some drinks. You get some food. And you hang out and you watch some awesome commercials and some really good football. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, as the Chiefs and 49ers face off. But like I talked about, the story of the game is this defense of the 49ers against the Chiefs' offense. Kansas City has so many weapons, you can't focus on one thing offensively. You can't focus your attention on Tyreek Hill because they'll, be, they'll bust you up the seam with Travis Kelsey. But I think the Chiefs are going to have to incorporate the run. They're going to have to run the ball with Damian Williams. They're going to have to run the ball with Travis, I'm sorry, with LaShawn McCoy to really try to open up this pass, pass game because the 49ers keyed in, ready to go, and it's going to be one of those things that we're going to be watching all night long. It's going to be a great game. You have a guy who's never won a Super Bowl, but he's been a longtime head coach, like I said, and Andy Reid. And on the other side of the ball, you got a guy in Kyle Shanahan who, if he wins, he's going to become the first, he's going to become the first father-son duo to win shoot Super Bowls, obviously his father being Mike Shanahan, won one with the Cowboys, and John Elway. But it's going to be a great matchup. We want to thank you for tuning in. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. You got great college hoops. If you're living in the Chattahoochee Valley area, you better go out. You got a game over 45 minutes away in Auburn. Big time matchup, the biggest matchup in the country this this weekend. And then Sunday, you get to go home, hang out with your family, hang out with your friends, and watch a great Super Bowl. It's the best, some of the best time of the year for sports. We got baseball coming right around the corner. And we're going to talk more baseball next week and on everything that has happened about the Astros scandal to what's going to happen to the Red, Scott, Red Sox, Dusty Baker being, being hired by the Astros. But it's been a lot of fun. We want to thank you. And once again, don't, don't forget, next week we're going to be live, same time, same place, talking about baseball. We're going to have some more people with us, have some more guests. We're going to get this, this uh, technical difficulties fixed as well. But we want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on all social media. And, hey, come on down to Cook's. It's a great place. I'm about to grab some lunch. It's going to be really fun. Make sure to tune in, everyone, next week, Friday, 10 a.m.